This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review speaking with Ronald Huey, head coach of U of H Women's Basketball. We got some news to share. You have some news to share with everybody. You announced uh, two new hires, two new staff members uh, on the coaching staff. Talk about that for me, Coach. Who are they? Um, thanks, Chris, for having me on. It's always a pleasure uh, to talk to uh, yourself. And the one thing that I can always say about you, you're up to date on everything sports, especially women's basketball. Um, I can't say enough about that. You know, it's a lot of people that call me just when things happen, but you call me all the time. So I definitely appreciate that. And I look forward to, to always talking to you, but yeah, today was really, really great for us. Uh, we had a chance to announce two outstanding young ladies in the business. Um, Deneen Parker and Lysandra Barrett. Um, first Lysandra, only because she was with me um, this past season. She uh, did a double duty between um, our graphics coordinator, who was in charge of all our uh, media, social media graphics that went out to recruits and, and things that we posted uh, on our social media account, and also our director of recruiting. Is also a position that allows someone in her position to not go out physically off the campus and recruit, but to be involved in recruiting um, all the recruiting meetings, understand who the recruits are, where they're from, in all the recruiting meetings, listening to all the conversation, helping us get all their uh, urgent information. Um, anniversaries, birthdays, things like that, uh, pulling great uh, uh, talking information off of social media, um, things like that. Um, so she's been involved in that part um, of the program, and it was a delight to have her there. Um, so to have her roll right into uh, being one of our assistant basketball coaches gave us some continuity with our staff. Uh, our girls already know, our young lady, excuse me, already know who she is. They already knew of her from her background at LSU and the WNBA. Um, we have a few young ladies from Mississippi who already knew who she was as well. Um, so it just made that much sweeter. Um, she's a hardworking young lady that's always looking to get better every day. Uh, the thing that I love about her, she's a truth teller. Um, she's not trying to hide her feelings or anything like that. Um, she's, uh, one of those young women in the business that I think when, when it's all said and done, people will be calling her name for, for bigger jobs in Houston. But I know the loyalty that's within her, um, won't let her, um, just kind of jump ship like that. Um, just an outstanding young lady, outstanding family. Um, her background and pedigree is just from some of the best places. Um, you talk about Nikki at LSU and Mickey DeMoss and people like that who uh, vouch for her. Uh, you can't say enough about them as well. The other young lady, um, Deneen Parker, is is no, no um, 
Denae is an outstanding person when you're talking about relationships and, and recruiting and, and just overall, I mean, just overall great person. She comes back to Texas where she was at SMU for a number of years. I got to say 18 plus. Um, so it just shows her loyalty. I'm quite sure during that time she had opportunities to move, but chose to stay because it was a great place. She's familiar with Texas, uh, understand the, the landscape of, of what we're trying to do. Uh, we competed against her. Right. So that was the other thing that really helped in, in my decision. Um, but always was genuine, work her tail off. Um, you know, they were able to sustain a great program up there at SMU with Rhonda, um, mm-hmm. the head coach. So, you know, Domine, uh, I mean, another outstanding young lady that we're expecting great things to happen um, from on the floor with our, our post players to our recruiting. Um, they're both just, just made our staff so much better. And I, I've known of Deneen maybe longer than I've known you because she's been there 18, 20 years at SMU. Our Houston Rombard Review's been around since 94. So I remember SMU playing, come to town, play U of H, come to town, play Rice. So we go back a long way with she and I. She may not remember me from, from Adam, but uh, I remember her seeing her own staff. So that's a good hire. Was it a tough sell to get her? Because I think she went from SMU to Northwestern State and then Indiana State. Was it a tough sell to get her to come to Texas, come back to Texas? It, it was tremendously tough. She was in a situation at Indiana State where, I mean, when you have the athletic director as one of your references, that means you did some things right. Um, and he was the first person that's listed on her reference, uh, clink scale there. Um, and, you know, he had tremendous things to say about her. And um, the thing that drew her back was, you know, her roots from Texas. Um, so we're never in the program where we're trying to sell. We just lay out who we are, why we want you, and the things that you can do to help us uh, build a better program. And we allow people to make their own decision. And um, we're just happy that she made that decision. But, yeah, it was one of the toughest decisions that she had to make. How has COVID-19 disrupted your routine? And I think today, June 1st, was y'all's first day on campus as in the new uh, training regimen style. So describe all that. Yeah, it was tough during their, you know, hiring assistant coaches because we used to have people fly in, take them to dinner, spend the night, next day, and they get up and interview. You know, they interview with athletic director, Chris Pesman, SWA, Ms. Chizer, and so on and so forth. But we wasn't able to do that physically through COVID-19. Um, so we did some Zoom calls and things like that, and, you know, it, it, it worked out. But, you know, like you said, today was our first day for getting back to what we call the new norm. Um, our young ladies checked in um, today, and we were walking through on campus. We put them in groups of four. 
um, just so we can continue to practice social distancing. Um, when they're in the gym, there'll be one to a basket, two balls, one player to a side goal. Um, nobody's on the main goal, so you can keep that distance. Um, we have a manager in there. We have our trainer. Um, they have a, a suggested workout that they can do, and they also have things that they can do on their own because of voluntary workouts um, with shooting. Um, so they'll be able to do that. As soon as they're done, uh, with they 35, 45 minutes, um, those balls will go into a bin to be cleaned, and the next four players that come in will get new balls. Um, that way we're not cross-contaminating uh, anything or any balls or any hands and that, those kind of things. The young ladies do not have to wear masks when they're working out, but they do have to wear masks any other time. Um, they'll come into the building. Um, they'll immediately uh, go through a, a system checklist with any symptoms um, that they're experiencing. If they're sick in any kind of way, um, they'll be returning back to their apartment. If they're uh, need to be tested, then we'll follow through with testing them as well. Um, but if not, they'll, they'll go through and they don't have any symptoms. They'll go right into the weight room. Um, Bria start the condition, the strength and conditioning um, routine with them. Again, there's only four. So we'll have one to a rack um, spaced out like we need to. And um, they'll be in there for 35, 45 minutes, just going through those. And, um, we already delivered their loops, all their practice gear. Um, so they'll have those um, to be able to go through and, and just get dressed in the morning so you don't have to come and get dressed at the facility or anything like that. Uh, once they get finished with the basketball piece, they'll leave out the back door. It's kind of like a car wash. Come in one way, leave back out another way. Wow. Can't cross over. Um, and they'll pick up, you know, our shakes and, you know, lunch and those kind of things at the back door of the basketball facility on their way out. And um, that's how we'll do every single day. Um, the ones that have class um, would then go into their, their class online. And they also have meetings um, on Zoom or FaceTime with Angel, uh, our academic coordinator, um, just to make sure everybody's up to task on all the schoolwork as well. Um, but we have a great plan in place. Uh, I can't thank Chris Pazman, Renew Couture, uh, TJ, uh, ADO, uh, all the facilities, and so many other people. John Houston, uh, over all the trainers, I mean, sports medicine. I, I just can't thank all those people enough for allowing us to be, you know, one of the first, if not the first, to have the athletes back on campus um, and, and have an opportunity to do this. Is is everybody, all the players here? Yes, all the players except for Diamond Gladney, who's in town, but she came from Louisiana. Yeah. And so we okay. just had to make sure. So she got tested today because uh, Louisiana was hit pretty hard. Right. Um, so as soon as she clears tomorrow, um, then she'll be able to report to campus. And uh, we had another young lady, Brittany O., um, she was her mom wanted her to get some work done at the doctor, asthma pump and things like that before she came down. So she should be here this evening by now and, and they'll be able to jump in tomorrow. Any concern 
about uh, another disruption for this coming season because of COVID-19? Well, we're praying for the best. You know, the thing for us is we're just trying to educate the young ladies like we did today. It was all an education session. session. Uh, we gave them info sheets of, of, you know, washing your hands, keep your hands out of your face, wearing your mask when you're not here, um, not four or five jumping in cars to go someplace, not inviting new people to come and hang out, those kind of things. So we're putting in a 10 p.m. curfew um, so they can't be hanging out, doing kind of things like that. Um, we're just trying to make sure they understand the, the risk that's involved. And, you know, we have our family here. So we want to protect our family, just like they protect their family at home and they did the right thing. It's the same thing here. This is our family. And everybody understands that. So I think we'll we'll really be, uh, you know, stay on top of it with them. And I'm checking on them nightly and, and mornings and things like that and make sure they're not uh, doing the things they're not supposed to do. But really looking forward to hoping to kick that curve down. Can you announce any non-conference opponents yet? Has all contracts been signed? Is that still a hush hush? Yeah, not yet, especially with this COVID thing. Um, everybody's slow and everybody's trying to change verbiage in the contracts um, so they don't get caught just in case something happened and they can't play the game and those kind of things. So it's kind of slowing up the process and that's where we are now. So it's, it's crazy trying to get these contracts back. <laughs> how, how are you recruiting? How are you able to recruit players for future classes if they can't come on campus? Well, the great thing about us is the kids in our 21 and 22 classes already have been on campus. Okay. You know, being in Houston, that's one of the best things about it. You know, the kids of Dallas and Houston and, and Oklahoma and Louisiana, kids that we have that already visited are the kids that's on our list. Um, that's why we already got one commitment up in Dallas, you know, because those kids have been to campus several times and we're not trying to reach out and create new relationships um, or trying to get any offers from those kids who hadn't visited yet. Um, we're just kind of keeping in contact with those kids. But the 21 and 22 class, those kids, you know, majority of them have already visited campus and seen things, have been to basketball games. And um, so we're just kind of riding along with, with where, they, where they are now. We're getting closer and closer to the official exit of UConn from the American Athletic Conference. It's going to be a brand new conference without UConn in it. What are your thoughts overall about the, the I guess, 11 teams now in the conference? U of H included part of that. What are the chances? It's wide open now, Coach. Wide open now. You know, we talked about this in our conference meetings this past year. And, you know, we talked about um, picking a couple of teams that everybody would think, like, who's the top team besides UConn? And we kind of settled on South Florida. You know, that was the team that was most consistent um, that was always in second behind UConn and that kind of stuff. So, but at the end of that meeting, everybody said, well, you know, Jose don't get comfortable because we're coming, you know? <laughs> so I, we, we definitely feel that way. I think things are wide open to where we can have an opportunity as well as anybody else to win the conference. Um, uh, we're looking forward to it. I think it's going to be something new and brand new for us as well as everybody else, because again, we have to create our own uh, identity now, uh, so to say, uh, because, again, you know, the problem we talked about, which is a good thing, 
you know, we're not mid-major. We're not in ever in mid-major polls. You know, they won't even put us in there because they say we're not mid-major. Well, we're, we're not considered the autonomy five or power five or whatever they are, you know, especially until we start calling people to play games. And then we talk about a guarantee. And they say, no, y'all are power five, you know, like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. We're into that all the time. So we're right there in the middle. So we're trying to create that identity of who we are. So that power six branding, because we have everything to be a power five. You know, that is, you know, more than me, Chris, you put so much work into when we were trying to uh, get into the power five. I remember us having so many conversations about it, but again, it's, creating that conference where we can get two to three uh, teams in the NCAA tournament uh, without having UConn in it. So the challenge is on us. Has, has, has the, the, a site been determined for next year's conference tournament? Yes, they're voting on the Dixie Center up in Fort Worth. So they'll be with the fellas, same location as the guys? Yes. Okay. That's, that's, that's it. Um, the format... Um, I think it's still uh, they're still trying to iron out, you know, we'll play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or the guys Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday or however they'll do it. But they're supposed to be voting on that this week. OK, good deal. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on that we haven't talked about? You know, the thing that I love and I've always said this, Chris, is having the opportunity to be at Houston you know, I get so many calls, uh, even like today, four or five people are calling me just trying to figure out how they can get their kids to campus and what plan we're using and things like that. We're always on the cutting edge. Now that we've got our facilities up and things like that, again, like I told you before, people don't want to call us Power Five, but they don't want to pay us either. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's those kind of things that we're running to because it's a tremendous place where we are with tremendous staff and tremendous people. Um, the recruiting is fertile, and you can tell from, you know, everybody that's coming here and getting kids. Um, but there will be a time, again, I said over and over and over, where Houston will have their names mentioned with the elites of the elite that's in this basketball world. Um, and that time is, is quickly approaching. And I, I, I can't say it enough, and I can tell you right now, as well as I'm speaking to you, that that will happen. One last thing. I always ask you this because I kind of like to put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Have you have you put pressure on yourself to bounce back from last season or this upcoming season? Always. Um, that pressure does not leave um, just because, you know, when you grew up the way I grew up and you come from where I come from, you know, you're not handed anything. And, you know, uh, Eric Thomas always say the worst thing in life is is not to to grow up broke and, and and those kind of things. The worst thing in life is to to go to college or to get a great job and, and to fail at that job or to fail at college. Then have to go back to your neighborhood where you grew up at. You know that kind of stuff. That's simply simply embarrassing. That that's one of the worst things in life. You know, and so that would not happen to me or our program. Our program would never go back to where it was. Uh, we'll have one down season here and there, um, and we're trying to make sure we can be able to to take care of that with recruiting and, and things like that and have kids perform. And But, yeah, the pressure is always there, uh, and we welcome it. 
we, we teach the kids how to embrace it and let it walk along with us. So again, at the end of the day, that same pressure that, that people are afraid of is the same pressure that we love because we're parent preparing for it and we're not afraid of it. I forgot, listening to you right there, I forgot to ask about this, I guess, two weeks ago. The team had a perfect score, APR score of 1,000. So what are your thoughts on that, that accomplishment? Yeah, you know, I, it's a credit to, to all our coaches. You know, we we don't have young ladies that we have to chase down and do anything like that. It's just we meet with them solid to stay um, solid in classes and do the best that they can. And, you know, I can't say enough about Maria, who's over our academics, and, and Angel, who's our academic counselor, because, again, those young ladies, I mean, they work magic sometimes. Um, sometimes, you know, as I, as you know, the young ladies put themselves in, in different sticklers at times and have to battle themselves back out and they do it, but everything is done the right way. Um, we just have to stay on them and, and I, I just commend them for doing what they need to do in the classroom and making themselves proud, their families proud, the university proud and all their coaches and everybody proud. But the number one job is to graduate, to do the best you can in classroom, to get that degree so you can have a great opportunity at life. And, and we're not forgetting that. Ronald Huey, head coach of U of H Women's Basketball, thank you for your time.